0: Hello there, Star Wars sessions listeners, fans, and sickheads alike. You're listening to probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. We say probably because you know we're not a hundred percent sure, but we're like kind of sh- we're kind of it's kind of it's a very British thing, I suppose, isn't it, Matt? Like it's one of those, yeah.
1: Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars yeah. podcast. We, we don't want to commit,
0: yeah, and and we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to our show, and we hope. You enjoy the episode, but we've got like a little message to just tell you before then.
1: Yeah, we're, we are extremely proud of every episode that we've created, but we wanted to say that these initial episodes see us kind of finding our feet and our voice in the podcasting community. And listen, the content is fire. The content's great, but the quality of the audio and the show structure can probably be best described as a work in progress.
0: Yes, absolutely. We would always recommend listening to our most recent episodes first. And that's where you're going to get all the spicy news and everything. But mm. before you d- d- dive in, dive in anyway, because it's good. It's a great catalogue. The sound quality is it's it's a bit different. But I don't know, just just do what you want. We're just letting you know there's a lot of flavour to this session spice train. <laughs> and. And we hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy it. I mean, this intro now. I mean, this intro alone will probably give you enough to, to know what we're about. But there we go. We love Star Wars, and we hope you enjoy hearing us
1: also love Star Wars. With all that, we hope you enjoy the episode. And may, may the, the force be with you. Morning afternoon or evening wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson aka Jabba the Hud but yes would still rather be Hud Solo and this is the regular show where the topic is anything Star Wars. In this case I'll dive into the latest Lucasfilm offering, Solo A Star Wars Story. Alden, Donald, The Six Limbed Monkey and all. And I am joined by my Jedi Knight of a co host, Master Bly Walker Bly Loren, or for the purpose of this show, to Bly a the spectacular Mr. Luke Bly. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm very, very well.
0: How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Solo is here. and
1: Don't we know gonna, it? And we know it. And we know it. So let's do it. The man himself, George Lucas, had a story in mind for the galaxy's greatest and coolest smuggler way back when, and when he sold Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012, the Mouse House decided to run with his idea. The production, however, was anything but smooth, with original directors Lord Miller fired for not playing ball, and trusty old Ron Howard drafted into to remould pretty much the entire movie. It's been called The Movie Nobody Wanted or Asked For, The Perfect Antidote After The Last Jedi, and The Cash Grab. But to us, it's solo a Star Wars story. It's in, son. Huh. Um what? By some miracle you make it out of here.
0: Find me on Tatooine. What about a job? Big shot gangster putting together a crew. This is a thermal detonator that I just armed. That's a rock.
1: No, it's not.
0: Yes it is. And you just made a clicking sound with your mom.
1: She says we're approaching the mom. That doesn't sound like something we want to be approaching. It's the Empire doesn't send out a team of enforcers to hunt you down when you're a deserter. Dryden Vos will. So what's your name anyway?
0: <laughs> Chewbacca. All right, <laughs> well. You're going to need a nickname because I ain't saying that every time.
1: Who's that? Marauders! Pirates! Um... So you.
0: you tired, you mangy kashiki and moofilker? I heard a uh, story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Julie! <clears throat> Hope I see you around sometime. She's a hell of a ship. I hate you. I oh, know. See if
1: it goes for this. Oh, what are you doing? That's the escape pod! Bring the ship.
0: Dothenia. Just did the castle run in 12 parsecs. <laughs>
1: Not if you round down, buddy.
0: Oh, oh, get back
1: here! really have a bad for the Falcon, don't you? It? It's mutual, trust me. She belongs with me. Go, I'm right you. Kira, you and I will be working much more closely from now on. I hope you're still paying attention because now I'm going to tell you the most important. Yeah, what? The rebellion.
0: You might want to buckle up, baby. I got a really good feeling about this. Wow, this was. I think this was one of those films. I'm just going to go straight into it, Matt. Yeah, go for it. Needless to say, this is going to be full of spoilers, left, right, and center.
1: Before we go any further, you are you are being warned. This episode is going to be more spoiler-filled than my daughter's nappy. So if you haven't seen the movie, press pause, go to the cinema, watch it, come back, and listen. Okay, let's
0: let's let's kick it off. Firstly, I have I have something to admit. You have seen the film. I've of course I've seen the film. <laughs> however, however, however. Due to some some misunderstandings when it came to timing and dinner and stuff before the film, I did miss the initial start of it. I got interesting. Up. Yeah, I, so I apologise. I'm going to see it. I am going to see it again. But it's. I feel strongly that it didn't take away much from my from my overall experience. So I got up to the bit where uh, Han and Kira are in the Imperial facility. I love the border check and stuff. Yep. Um, and yeah, there you go. I just wanted to get that out in the open before we started.
1: Yeah, that, that's, what, that's probably about five minutes into the film. So if we d- dive in in, before that you've got, uh, as we all know, the story is Han Solo, it's his life, it's a checklist of everything he ever did up until I think about uh, 10 years before A New Hope. But they start on Corellia and it's Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich and Kira. You've very quickly learned that they are a they are together, they're, they're young lovers and Han Solo is this young sort of go-getter in his American graffiti type speeder. Yeah, he's working for a massive worm creature called Lady Proximo, it's kind of like the of the Hut of Corellia. And um, that's the bit you would have missed. So basically, he has run a job for her to obtain some coaxium, which comes up a lot during this film. He doesn't get it, and she's going to punish him for not doing it. Instead, he he makes a few jokes, ends up getting rid of her for the time being, and that's when they make their escape Kira and Han, they make their escape in the speeder through Corellia, trying to get to the spaceport, which is pretty much where you got up to. So Right. The, it was a, it was a f- fairly, fr- fairly frantic first five, ten minutes, but then we get to the spaceport, and that's when it really, really starts to, very slowly but very quickly at the same time, kick off. So, in terms of that opening gambit, what did you think about it, because... That felt like Star Wars to me in that that spaceport. So, so I came into the, um, theater.
0: I was uh, initially, I was really annoyed that, you know, I'd missed the start of it because it it was, it was uh, like a genuine mistake. We just got like our timings wrong. Um, and, but as soon as I saw, I mean, you know, there's nothing I could change at that point you know so i was like right well i'm gonna sit down i'm just gonna enjoy it and i could see they're in this imperial facility you can and and they get the tones like spot on it looks feels just like star wars so i'm like okay okay and then we're introduced i see like um kira and han are, you know like struggling and stuff like this and then, Olden, Ehrenreich Reich, playing a uh, Han Solo, he, 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 goes up and he's talking to this Imperial officer. Now, there's a moment,
1: um,
0: yes. at the start where, where I thought this would come a lot later on into the film. Um, but it was at that moment, I looked at my, uh, my missus, my, my new wife.
1: Um, yes. I've recently just got married, so congrats to moi. <laughs> it's been a pretty slow and uneventful few weeks for you, hasn't it? You haven't been up to much. No, no, pretty low key, <laughs> pretty low key. But <laughs> nevertheless, I said to my new wife,
0: I looked at her and I was like, he's Han Solo. You know, he, he is Han Solo. He's got, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's him. And, and from that moment, you know what? I had fun, complete fun. Yes. I adored this film from start. To finish well kind of start from a little <laughs> bit of a late start <laughs> but, se- seven minutes to the end yeah yeah right so there you go uh, uh, that's that's what I initially thought but there were there were some great moments in this film really good moments
1: there was and there's one you've just mentioned you've just alluded to which I want to right off the bat get your thoughts on this yeah the moment where Han has escaped the Imperials and he's trying to get off planet. he enrolls into the Empire And the Imperial officer says, what's your name, kid? And he says, Han. He says, Han what? He says, I I don't know. I haven't got a surname. And the guy then goes, "Hmm, ah, hmm. Han Solo. Yes, that would do. What did you think of that moment?
0: So for me, that wasn't really, that wasn't particularly a moment where I was like, "Oh, no way. That's how he got his name. I was more like, okay, I don't hate it. I don't adore it. But I'll, 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 I'll accept it. I don't mind it. To me, it feels like one of those things that... I don't know. There, could there have been a solo family? Like, uh, Could there have been a... I, I don't know. There could have been, I think, a bit more of a story behind the name or something like that. But I, I like it. And that's how it is. That's what they decided to go with. And it's it's kind of does suit the character a little bit. You know, it's just... Um, it's typical that this dude hasn't got a, f- a family name and stuff like that. He's a real rough and ready guy. I mean, the planet Corellia, um, you hear about it in legends and stuff in the, in, ex- in the expanded universe. Um, but in this film, it looked so gritty, didn't it? It looked very Blade Runner almost.
1: Very industrial and, and very greasy and grimy. Yes. And I
0: love that. I really love that. And it, it doesn't surprise me that. Large part of that population, I guess, on Corellia, you know, wouldn't have surnames. They wouldn't have that luxury, I guess. So there's lots of ways you can justify it and stuff like that. But I thought, it, quite honestly, it didn't like anger me or anything. Or it didn't upset me. Um, but in the same breath, I didn't fall in love with it. I was, I just thought, okay, I I believe it. I dig it.
1: It's fun, you know. So yeah, that that's my opinion on that you're on the fence yeah the, it took me about 20 minutes to not accept Alden as Han So I've always accepted him but it took about 20 minutes for me to really think this guy has nailed it he's got the swagger the charisma the charm the cockiness the sort of like the heart of gold beneath the exterior so it didn't take me long I had a few issues with the first 20 minutes of the film I thought it was very Clunky and a bit rushed to get to where it needs to be, but I didn't like that bit where he got his surname. Looking back and the way you've just explained it, he is pretty much an orphan child. Yeah. So, what maybe why how maybe he just didn't know his surname? He didn't have people. He said, but there was something about the way it just seems a bit. It it was very on the nose, and I thought I really hope he doesn't carry on on this on this vein. But uh, what partially saved it for me was this film's written by Larry Kasdan, who. Wrote Empire Strikes Back, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, and his son John. And Larry yes. Kasten's pretty much re- he's pretty much written the character of Han Solo from start to finish. So, if anybody was going to make that decision, it, you know, Larry, Larry Kasten was the only man who could do it. And if he wanted it to be like that, then I'm not going to argue with him. But that was, when I fe- when I heard it in the cinema, I did kind of wince and thought, oh no, that was too on the nose for me. But there's yeah. plenty of Easter eggs and other. Uh, hints and nods towards the legend, Legends and the Expanded Universe, which, all the rest of them absolutely worked for me, so... Oh, I loved, loved it. Loved some of the strikes in this. There's so many. And then, once you get out of the, um, the spaceport, he, you see, you see Han, he's on Minban, a yep. mud planet taken over by the Empire, and he's working for the Empire. He's, you know, he's fighting against these rebels. Uh, even that. though he taken their planet, and that's where he meets... Tobias Beckett, Tobias Beckett, Val and Rio, the freedom fighters or the mercenaries. Um, and also, it's the same planet where he frees Chewbacca and deserts the Empire. So in just in that small section of 10 minutes, he's he, he's basically found his calling and he's met his life partner. It's so good. You know, I, I think Minban was one of my favorite sequences
0: of, of, of the film. Um, mm mm-hmm. I think just seeing... Again, it, you get like a World War One vibe to it, like the trenches and stuff like that. And almost it's like the brutal. blind... You can see... Yeah, you can see... And you see it briefly in Karelia, You see this propaganda, right? And, and you see these people taking yeah, yeah. the Empire and stuff. And then in uh, Minban, you see... These soldiers, you know, for your empire, fight for your empire, you know, stuff like that. And these guys are literally just like fighting. They don't know what they're fighting for. They're, they're just either there because they need to have food or there's like some sort of blind loyalty or blind faith well, to this. Got nothing brand new- to fight for, yeah. yeah, right. And, um, yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. The way they, uh, they incorporated that. I loved meeting, um, Beckett and Val. And the other dude, Rio, um, Rio, the monkey guy. Yeah. Uh, I really liked that again. It felt organic for, for, for a film with, uh, lots of characters and stuff. I felt like, yeah, this makes sense. They're just soldiers next to these guys and stuff. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, but there, you know, that's me speaking as a guy who has more of a rough background of the film going into it. You know, uh, yeah. but even if I'd, I'd never knew these characters' names and stuff, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I thought it was great. But the highlight of this 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 part of the film, without a doubt, was Chewy. Was oh, uh, chu- Chewy? Yeah, they chucked him down into that mud pit. Now, I think from most people I've spoken to, um. They, they, uh, disagree with me on this or, or they think differently, but I had no, I did not think it was going to be chewy when, when you down that. Yeah. And, you know, when, uh, that like the shadow like kind of comes like into the screen and stuff. And yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to be like, poor <laughs> or something like that. You know, I could I imagine. Be, I thought it was gonna be like that token Lucas film, you know, Monster. But it turns out to be Chewbacca. I
1: loved that. I loved that and I loved that you hear Han speak a little bit of Wookie. Wookie. You know. Whatever the language is. A lot yeah. of people have had, have had umbrage with that. But I th- oh, they said, uh, oh, we never saw him oh, do that ever again. He only did it because he was about to get his skull crushed. And he literally <laughs> had to speak to Chewie in his own language. There was no need for him to carry on talking to him in, in, in English or basic, whatever it's called in the canon. I
0: thought it was great. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I don't buy that at all. You know, if you're in that sort of position, yeah. like, For example, if I spoke French or something, I was in France and I was getting death strokes, yeah, I'm going to try and speak French. (laughs) Exactly. Whereas when I'm walking around with one of my French friends and they speak really good English and I don't speak much French, only a really tiny bit of French, we're going to speak English. You know, that's, I I don't buy that. That's rubbish. I I, I think that was perfect. The way they handled that was great. It was funny. And actually from, from, uh, this moment on, I just want to mention, I think this is one of the funniest Star Wars films in a good way, in a really and it good worked, way. not like The Last Jedi. It, it was, com- it was the complete opposite to The Last Jedi in the way I feel. In terms of humor. Yeah. In terms of its humor. I think this. And the Force Awakens are probably some of the best films we have on balancing humour and and a fun feeling. You know, I, I and the humour
1: worked within the movie; it never felt forced out of place. It worked within the confines of the script, yeah. which is which, are, which it needed to, because you can't have Hans Solo and not have his dry his dry uh, quips and his silliness. Like we saw towards the end when he clicked his fingers and off went the Millennium Falcon. Those little moments are fantastic, and yeah, when he spoke Wookiee, the moment when they climbed out of a pit and they both run separate ways, and Chewie drags him along, yeah, uh, as a chain together, and then they have a shower together. It's it works. It's it, it works. It's funny, and it really starts to show that these guys are going to become best buds. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's fantastic, and they they're, they they you know hit it off from the start, don't they? Really, and um, once they once they get out of Corellia and stuff, ah, oh, it's just I loved it. It puts such a big smile on my face. You know, I... Yeah, and it
1: helps that we bought Alden as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, at this point, there was not one moment in this film, not one moment in this film, where I was like, this isn't Han Solo. Now, I know, I know no, not I agree everyone either. agrees with me, but honestly, I, I sat there, and I can't, it was one of the only times I've come out of the film and, and said, you know, that actor got it spot on. And I didn't think he yeah. was going to get it spot on. I had doubts. I had cold feet before this film came out. Like I was, I was, I never wanted this film to to be produced in the first place. When I heard they were making a Han Solo film, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" There's so many like better films to make. So many, yeah, so much more they could do and put that money and energy in into. And um, you know, the trailer come out. Oh, I, I, I thought it was okay. Um, Yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was great. You know, and after a few watches, it grew on me. And then I would say a week before Solo came out, I had cold feet and I thought, this is going to suck in it. I don't know what happened, but I had a change of mental state and, and I was kind of nervous about going to see it and when I came out of it I thought yeah there was not one mo- moment of that that I didn't enjoy sorry I know I'm skipping um, uh, from no absolutely not of me, but that's, this, is, what, this is what we want man that. yeah I just wanted to say that
1: everybody who's listening knows that Blilo is a passionate man about this, so we're all here. We're all here <laughs> to hear you, to hear you go on, man. That's true. That's
0: true. Oh man, it's just one of those things. Like some of these reviews I've read about Solo, I'm like, what film did you just watch? What <laughs> you know? What I, we
1: didn't watch the same film, but oh well. We'll get. We'll talk more about that later, I guess. But um, it, exactly. I I found this. All I wanted was a fun adventure film. I didn't want anything else in that. I didn't want it to be. Um, anything too serious or too heavy I just wanted to have a little bit of fun and like you when I went I went to see it at uh, midday the day it came out and I went into the cinema and I wasn't as pumped as I usually would be I was still excited of course but I didn't sit in my seat and was so I wasn't sitting in my seat leaning forward waiting for this for the text to come on screen and I was just were kind of sitting there just waiting to see kind of to see what it was all about could this film be as bad as it the production was will it it surprise us and be fantastic or will it just kind of exist and then be forgotten about (laughs) but um, I had a really good fun time with this film I adored it it, the fun really started now I think is that when the team go to Vandor the snowy planet and they do the the train heist and then Enfys nest and the Cloud Riders turned up Han becomes a smuggler they meet Dryden Vos he reunites with Kira he meets the coolest cat in the galaxy Lando Lando Oh, and then they yes. take the job to Kessel, so there's so much to do in that little section, but that's when the film really kicks off for me. Oh man, like the, the train rides and everything, it just felt
0: I, I I thought that was gonna be the end of the film. I thought it was yeah. gonna be like the climax of the film, but you you know, you get to it quite quite early on. Um and the pacing twenty five minutes, I think. The pa- yeah, the pacing. Of all of this, especially this scene, but I, I think again with, with the whole film is immaculate. I, you know, I, I, I've heard some people think differently. They think it was a bit slow and pleasant. I didn't think so because this scene was so good to watch. It was like a Western and I was hooked. I was watching thinking, yeah. what is going to happen? You know, where, where's this going? Who the hell is this dude on this like floaty speeder? Enfys Nest, <laughs> yeah. you know, what are they doing? Uh, I was thinking, how does um, Tobias, it, how's Beckett and Val and stuff going to play into this? And obviously, we we lose Val quite early on, um, yeah, and Rio too. And Rio too, uh, being voiced by John Favreau, who is producing yes. a Star Wars television show. But we'll talk about that another time. We're um, very excited about. Very, very excited about. Very excited about. But then again, yeah, uh, Tandy Newton, uh, her character Val, she passes quite early on into the film. I feel like that's a, it's slight, a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I think that was a s- slight waste of a character, but also. The other part of my head is saying, like, if it works for the story, it works for the story. It doesn't matter
1: who's playing the character or anything like that. Yeah, Uh, um, I agree. Tandy Newton's a wonderful actress. So from that side of it, I'd like to have seen her progress further into the film. But seeing how the film unraveled, it made sense for, for her character to exit there to further the story. Sure. Sure. And I, and I reckon, like, in a really long, like,
0: director's cut should probably have a bit more of a role, but, uh, for now, maybe it, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 there wasn't much in that scene that I didn't like. It was it, so it, beautifully it was shot. As well. It was beautiful. It shot in the Italian Alps, a lot of it, from my understanding. Um, yes, which
1: is a stunning part of the world. Yeah. And, and, and you feel it. You are. Oh. The, the, the and it still feels like you're on another planet in a different galaxy. It doesn't feel it's, like the Italian Alps. No, it, 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 it feels, it, it really,
0: it feels like Vandor. You know, it feels like this place you've yeah. been told about. I and mean, I loved it. And then you see this ship, you know, this like Art Deco ship, the gold one, right? That's on Vandor. Yeah. And that's where, the, that's the where you meet the naughty man. Dryden Mr. Voss.
1: Yeah. De Blyden Voss, yes.
0: Yeah, and that is really cool. I love that. Really love that.
1: I thought he was fantastic. He was called the stock villain, but I thought Paul Bettany, he had a really intimidating menace about him. Because he had that, he's the, the usual British villain, of course, but yeah. he had he had something about him, like a smarmy menace to him, which you never quite sure. I mean, the first time we introduced to him, he's just pulling his blade out of someone's stomach. Um, yeah. So we know immediately he's a, he, he's a bad guy. It he's is, annoying. Man. He was set up in. The, he's a bad guy. He was set up in the trailers to be the big shot gangster who was putting together the crew. But as we now know, it wasn't him. He's just a pawn in the game for yep. the massive reveal later on in the film. But yeah, that's the so they meet Dryden. They Han reunites with Kira. So there's a lot of fun between those two and, when, and Chewie, kind of the so banter, good. that the b word between them.
0: Yeah, and so basically,
1: good. they need to speak to Dryden. Because the train heist went wrong. They lost the coaxium, which is kind of a hyperfuel. They lost that. Dryden Voss is going to kill them. Until Hahn comes up with the idea of maybe going to get some unrefined coaxium fuel from a place called Kessel. But in order to do that, they need an incredibly fast ship and a fabulous pilot. Yeah. So where, do they, where are they going to get the ship from? Well, Mr. Lando himself who utters the line which you texted me earlier on <laughs> buckle up baby that's it I want to buckle up baby so good uh, Donald Glover is fantastic oh, as Lando. if you close God. your eyes he's, he sounds like Billy D, but not in a way that he's doing an impression he just lands that a cool charisma of lando yeah. he nails it he does he does a fantastic job man like lando like the acting in
0: this is so good there's no one i don't yeah. like there is no one i don't like apart from apart from and lando donald glover did a such a good job such a good job, job. and i knew he was going to do a good job though like in the trailers mm-hmm. that was my favorite thing about about the whole film um, but Olden was the surprise. The person or character, uh, that I didn't like too much that I think needed to be, I would maybe do a little differently was L3. That's,
1: that's. I'm cl- glad you said that because that's the exact notes I have as well. Yeah. Like. It,
0: it, there was a few things that were like way too on help me out matt what's the expression way too on the nose is it or on the ball it
1: is on the nose it's, on the nose. it's all just unsubtle as well it's yeah a bit
0: too real world for my liking although i liked yeah. it and and star wars has always been about like there's always been like a political message behind every single yeah, yeah. film there has always been that and and george lucas himself was very much in is very much into his politics and and has a lot of uh commentary to to say uh, about the um politics especially of the united states and um yes i i don't know i felt like l3 though it was really In your face. Like, I, I, for me, although, you know, what, the maybe why she's saying that, why that's been put there, you know, there might be very just reasons behind that, you know, and fair reasons behind that or good reasons behind that. But the way it it did it, it just took me out of the film for just a second.
1: Like, it, yeah. I just thought, hmm, nah, don't. It just felt like a, a, a budget version of K2SO to me, the kind of, the snarky droid with that with a bit of attitude a bit of sass but where K2SO was a fantastic droid because Alan Tudyk act as the voice actor the motion capture just nailed it and Phoebe Waller-Bridge who 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 was L3 she, she's fantastic emotion act motion actor and she's also a very good up and coming actress but yeah there's just something that didn't click I was what when I was watching the film I was I was just thinking at times that she's too much you know this too much emphasis on trying to be funny, yeah. or trying to you know, trying to make a statement, which at times didn't need to be made. And she was too big a character for for her role within the film. Yeah, um, right. I've I've read a book. As that, that there's more to that. I have read more, lots of books, but um, I read a book yeah. last shot, which is about Han and Lando during this time, just after uh, A New Hope and after after Return of the Jedi. So it covers those three periods, and L three is in the part of the book. And she is much more tolerable in the book than, right. than she was in the film. But yeah, I wasn't overly, overly enamored with her. She, was, she wasn't she was offensively bad or anything. It's just a few, like you said, a few tweaks here and there to the character may have helped.
0: Yeah, I, I think they could have learned a lot from me. I mean, maybe they were thinking, no, that would have been too similar. But I think they, I don't know. You know, who's that? What's the name of that guy in Empire Strikes Back? Lando's like assistant with the thing rap? Uh Lobot. Low bot that's the one excuse, excuse my knowledge there i I did know that, but I kind of didn't um I forgot it, but <laughs> yeah give me a break yeah. um but yeah, I think sometimes there's nothing wrong with being a little bit more subtle with characters and stuff, you know they don't mm-hmm. always need to be doing something or making a statement or uh, i don't I don't know, I don't know and i and I think yeah l3 just missed it a little bit k2so i think is one of the best droids we've ever had in film history not just star wars but in the whole like film history i I love k2 i think he's a marvel but l3 nah nah i didn't feel it but nevertheless um lando did lando blow me down what a cool dude and also we see the falcon which is a character yes he meets the falcon Yeah, and we see, um, like his capes and stuff, and interestingly. Um, incredible. I, I know a little factoid this is one of the only they, they shoot a lot of the Star Wars films not that far away from us um, no, yeah. in, in the studios here in uh, the UK and uh, this was one of the only times so far or the only time ever they built a whole Millennium Falcon and fitted out the interior um, and this just incredible. so that they could they could get the camera angles of them walking around the ship a lot better I love those moments it was so good it was so good and it was it felt familiar but slightly different you know stuff was wrong with it it was or, or things were right with it more like you know it, it was, was clean it was clean it was so it was sleek and it and it and that it, you know that's Lando right Lando yeah he's a neat clean cut guy um and Han is a lot more
1: rough and ready and happy-go-lucky you know so good so good. And he let that ship go to pot. And just before we meet them, actually, there was a really cool deep cut for fans of the Clone Wars. When Lando's bargaining with Kira, who they obviously have a, a romantic history, as he probably does with most women or droids or anything in the galaxy, um, then Beckett comes up behind him and Lando turns around and he says, You're Tobias Beckett. You're the guy who killed Aura Singh. And for those who don't know, Aura Singh was a bounty hunter who showed up in the Phantom Menace during the pod race. Um, and she was taking pot shot, shots at some of the races. And she had a big role in the in the Clone Wars animated series. So um, that was a cool little deep cut for the fans. So I remember hearing that thinking, I loved that. T-. That was a cool tie-in. This film, when
0: I when I came I came to the office and when I was talking to friends um, after seeing Solo, I oh, went, this film is for real Star Wars fans. It's not for critics. It's for Star Wars fans. It like, absolutely is. This film... Well, please, the canon pickers, you know, the people that mine canon. I know you're, you're, you said already on this (laughs) podcast, you love reading the books, Matt, but not everyone does. Not everyone is aware of the whole Star Wars universe and the
1: canon. And you won't miss out if you don't know either. No, no, you won't, but it's little things
0: like that, which is great. This film was so good because it acknowledges that there's a bigger picture. You know, I feel like. And we'll talk about this. Oh, actually, you know what? We'll I'll save that comment for later. Let's 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 move on. This is building this, tension. There's a comment I want to say, and there's this sentence I've been saying to everyone, and I think it's so important for this podcast and for for what we're about
1: to talk about. Okay, well, it's quite exciting. I did hear what it is, but <laughs> well, I probably well, overhyped it now, but still. Never. Well, we've met. We've met that's exactly, We've met Lando. We have found the ship. We've heard about the Kessel run. Han Solo tells everybody about the Kessel run, and nobody cares. But finally, we actually get to see it. But the Kessel appeared in the Clone Wars. So we, I think it was the Clone Rebels, one of the two. So we know kind of what it looked like, but the guy, they get to Kessel, they've got the mission. There's a droid revolution. Everybody's favourite droid L3 is destroyed, which is quite a poignant moment with what they do with her. Chewie goes on the rampage, they escape, and then of course, the Kessel run i never thought i needed to see it and now i've seen it i can't imagine never seeing it
0: right it was so good the Kessel run but
1: it it wasn't
0: in my head i never i never pictured it um looking like how it did
1: but you know they did a better job than my imagination and they pulled from legend somewhat with what they what they how they presented it oh did they yes i know that the more is he was a big part of legend. so was the Maelstrom and the kind of like tentacly creatures if I can uh, pull out of my memory I do believe there were tentacly creatures in Legends because as the Legends novels and comics used to do they used to kind of take Star Wars and sort of expand it into this huge mental thing where space whales which we now know in Rebels, were everywhere and everything was just a bit bigger in Legends but they have taken some elements from it to, for ah, this film. Right. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super clued up
0: on the whole expanded universe legends stuff. Uh, I know some of it, but not all of it. But yeah. I, I heard from, or oh, well, I saw on YouTube that they took a lot from uh, legends, which I think is great. <laughs> I think is really, really good. Um, but yeah, just, just before that, obviously, we see like the droid revolution again. I like that. It got some giggles. And I think. Kessel just looked so good.
1: Yeah. It, looked, it looks a bit like Utapal from Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Looks similar it. to that, but again, just different enough to really have a stand on its own. And I love that.
0: It felt so Star Wars. It felt so Star Wars. I loved it. Really loved it. And seeing Chewie rampage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. So good. Although, Finally get to see the mighty Chewie. The mighty Chewie. You know, like, again, I, I don't think in, in Revenge of the Three, uh, in Revenge of the Three? What? Revenge of the Fifth, <laughs> Episode Three. Um, I, I never thought, although I thought it was cool seeing Chewie, I never thought, you know, his cameo kind of did the character that much justice you know that yeah,
1: this have done without it.
0: you really find out why he has that reputation you know like ripping the arms off that guy and stuff <laughs> yes. and, like, and then like smashing that guy on the floor and everything like it's Body so good. Onto his head. so good and there are some moments where like the whole cinema went oh you know like it was a wwe match or something it was great
1: when he when he slams that guy's head into the into the ground audible yeah, all the, all the snap, you think oh, ho, ho, ho. oh, this I I love this moment. This is where L three's attitudes and behaviours and mannerisms kind of come to the f- come to the boil now because she's all yeah. for droid rights and and uh, giving droids their freedom and she does that and the droid revolution you've got the little gonk droid stepping all over the computers and <laughs> bashing it with bits of metal, which was nice was to see. True. That was um true. And the, at the same time, we've got the Wookiee, the slaves and the Wookies are revolting. Uh, Yeah. I don't mean to say they're disgusting, they are revolting. Um, So they've got absolute (laughs) chaos going. And you've got Beckett and Kira together holding the fort in the control room. You've got Han off on his own to get the coaxium. And there's another great moment where he's just about to get it. And there's a guard standing in front of the door. And, um, he mimics what the guard's saying in the most Han way. And then he just kicks him straight in the nuts. And knocks him out, and his forks and just swaggers in to get the so coaxium, good. and I, I was almost on the floor when that bit happened. I, lo- I mate this
0: again—the pacing of all of this kept me. It was enough to keep me entertained, Um and and uh, I don't know, it was just fun. Like I, I, it yes. was just so good. It it was just so good, and it felt so Star Warsy, you know. And there's that bit. One of my favorite bits in this whole scene was. Um, Lando, like, chucks Han the gun, the DL 44. Yes. And, Han. and he's like, psh, psh, and, oh man, he, and it looks just, like, no, it doesn't look, it is Han Solo.
1: It is, it, his stance with the gun is just exactly how you, that's pure Han. Yeah. Um, and then, and this the same moment where L3 gets blasted and blown up. H- Lando goes to save her, he gets shot. Han goes to save both of them and you can kind of see Chewie thinking, Wow, this guy this guy is that, may be a hero. And that and they get L3 back on the ship and she becomes one with the Falcon. And if you look at in every film since, you can see her in the corner of every every shot, even episodes four, five, six. Yeah. The the panel that L3 inhabits She's in the background of every shot in the cockpit of every other Star Wars film, so that's kind of spooky, but that's a really cool history. Wow, that's crazy! It's just and C three PO says, "Yeah, PO says, you know, this this has got a strange dialect. In, in Empire, it, it says, it, yeah, it has like a yeah. strange dialect, like it's like it's got its own mind, like the Falcon has.' Its yeah, own. and one of the yeah. books, I think, I think it was the Last Jedi novelization, actually mentioned that the Falcon has about three internal kind of droids, like L three within its systems and one of them it says one of them was a, was a sassy droid which is now L3 and they all kind of bickered with each other hence why the Falcon was such a strange ship to try and control because he had three war opposing droids all linked into the same infrastructure of the ship um, and wow. Han also refers to the ship as a she and he, he calls it baby so that it all oh, ties yeah. into that moment
0: that's so true that's so true it so many like little details went into this film that even now uh, i don't fully appreciate and in the future i'm sure we're both gonna find out more bits about it but this really yeah. was like a geek dream. it was so good
1: yeah and we are geeks so we oh, had a, as it. you can tell we had a good time with it but then what came next was the the moment the one that han talks about in all of his films He tells Daisy Ridley off for for, saying 14 past sex is 12. He tells Obi-Wan in The New Hope he doesn't care. It's the Kessel Run, the famous Kessel Run. Did you, I know you said you weren't expecting how they did it, but did you like the execution overall? I loved it. I loved it.
0: It was so good and intense and great and fun. And you see the relationship. I loved when Chewie takes the seat in the Falcon as well.
1: Yes, and the asteroid yes, like, film like, song, it, from Empire comes on. Yeah, oh,
0: the music was so good. The music, it, who who was it? John Powell. John Powell. John Powell. Yeah. John Powell, and obviously John Williams' original, some of his original uh, themes, so good. And he
1: wrote the he wrote the theme for Han in this film as well, John Williams.
0: It was it was perfect. It was so again Star Wars. And yeah. just that moment again, when like Chewie was kind of like politely just hovering over Kieran Han, but yeah. you know by the end it was kind of like like come on, love, get out of the way, I, you know, you, 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 this ain't for you. And he just yes, sat you've there. you the seat long it, enough. And it was like yes, yes. The, we see the first time they're like they're the they're there's the duo, the dynamic duo, Han and Chewie,
1: and they look at each other and it's it's just right. Um, it's you mentioned right. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clarke was the one person, and I—I'm going to sound like, like just like everybody else here, but I was slightly worried going into it because I've never been amazingly impressed with Amelia Clarke. I've always liked her in Game of Thrones. She's been good in me before you, I think it was, and the the rom com. She's just been okay, yep. but I was—I wondered about her performance. But I thought she was fantastic, and she had brilliant chemistry with Alden. And in the moment, just in the moments before the Kessel run, and a bit later on at the end of the film. They work so well together, and uh, she, I, I regret ever doubting her in this film.
0: Yeah, I, I liked, I liked her in this film, and and again, it was, it was one of those when she was cast, I was like, I mean, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, and I, I, I the mm-hmm. only thing I've seen in uh, Amelia Clark in before was Me Before You, with my, yeah. again, I saw that at the cinema with my missus because I am a good. Other half, I'm a good husband. <laughs> but, He's a top man. He is a top man. Yeah, oh, well, I try, I try, but still, um. Yeah, I mean, she did really good. You know, I, I, yep. I, didn't, I again, it wasn't her performance. I came away with like blown away with. I was blown away with Han and Lando and Chewy. You know, and yes. Beckett. Lot, I really, like. What Beckett you wanted too. as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think this kind of takes us through to uh, oh. I loved as well when, when they um, – oh, no, this does take us through, to How do we pronounce this last planet? Savarine? Savarine. 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 The, the sandy planet. planet. The sandy planet, Savarine. That was Lanzarote, I believe. Lanzarote, it was. That's it. Or Tenerife. Yes. One of those. Or, oh, I don't know. It was one of the Canary Islands. One of the Canary Islands. Because I remember I was joking around with uh, my, my lovely lady, and, um, because because uh Lucasfilm were actually doing an open call for dark skinned actors um in yeah, the Canary yeah, yeah. Islands and, and Spain. Um and I was joking, I was like to my missus, because she's she's half Jamaican, so she's mixed race. So she's a darker lady. I was saying, Oh, you could be in Han Solo if we go over to You the-
1: could you could the- have been married to Star Wars Canon.
0: Yes. Oh my word, imagine that. But no, <laughs> alas, you know, we had to think sensibly. Uh, but oh, well, it, it, that, I thought that was so good. But anyway, <laughs> on that planet when Han is like, oh yeah, just did the castle run in 12 past six, you know, it was so good. It was, <laughs> yeah. so, and, and the guy ch- he tells it to just walks off, yeah. he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And it's and again, that kind of echoes like what you said earlier, like later on in Saga, Obi-Wan don't even care. A lot of people don't care. He rolls his eyes. not said. that bothered by it
1: even so, Daisy, even ray gets the number wrong yeah or potentially right now because it's 12 if you round it down yeah yeah that's true that's true but it's
0: <laughs> i loved it absolutely loved it and obviously um there we meet Enfies nest and learn a bit more about Enfies nest um, the
1: reveal of who, she, of who she is as well
0: yeah i i liked that i again i've seen loads of people like oh what is this? It was stupid. You know, we were promised a good villain and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, nobody ever said she was a villain. Win man. Like, <laughs> Star-
1: yeah. was cannot win with some people, even with this. Sure. We'll get yeah. onto that quickly later on as well. But yeah. You I- the only thing I didn't particularly like about the reveal was for, for, for a fiercer warrior, she looked very fresh. I would. This and this, this yes, is just cosmetic, and even bit this is Star Wars pedantic pickiness. But I'd have liked to have seen just a couple of bruises or something, just to kind of make me think. I I, oh. I believe this kid's gone through the wars. Oh, right, yeah, like Han in the beginning of the film. Just yeah, not not like a Kylo Ren, a Blylo Ren, sorry, scar <laughs> across yeah. the face or anything silly like that. But t- t- just something to make me believe just that bit more that. This, this girl was a fearsome warrior. I've got no issue with the fact she's a girl. And if you do, you're an idiot. It was just, I don't know. I would have to have seen her just a bit more rough looking. Yeah, I, I think, uh, that's a really good point. But
0: quite honestly, I mean, I didn't think that, uh, watching. That's nitpicky (laughs) though. Again, it was one of those things I just believed. I was like, oh, right, so that's her. Mm -hmm. That makes, that makes sense. And I thought it was a really cool reveal. And a lot of the reasons why they were doing it were really cool. You got like a few links to the rebellion again, which, if you oh, look man. at the Star Wars canon, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's probably uh, about the time the rebellion is organising itself. You know, that early it's about
1: Rebels ten era. years before, I think. Yeah, right. Rebels is about six years after, but all the canon that tells you that there are these little pockets, yeah, starting to appear, pockets of rebellion gangs like the cloud riders who are starting to take it to the empire and then by the time we get to rebels it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then of course it gets to where it does Rebel in a new hope yeah. i mean it has to be but yeah alliance. she's just trying to help her planet
0: yeah i i loved i love that and i loved the whole my favorite bit was when they were ex- exchanging the you're gonna have to help me with this again matt Co-ax- coaxium coaxium right that's it um, the double
1: the oh, double triple oh, cross.
0: So good. It was so good. And I didn't expect any of it. And then it was at that moment I noticed in uh Dryden Voss's office there was like tons of Easter eggs, and you see like the Mandolin in yes. armour and stuff like that. And oh, Sith right. Holocron in there. And the Sith Holocron, yeah, and there's even a little thing in there from Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm pretty sure. From one of the Jones yeah. films. Which I love. There's loved.
1: so much. The visual dictionary for this film goes through almost all of it, and there's stuff from like the old Republic days, and oh, there's so which good. maybe will come in again. But that was awesome. I had a feeling that Tobias Beckett was going to be the one to double cross Han, but yeah. when uh, when Han said, you know, actually we're gonna we're gonna triple cross you because we've already we knew we knew what you were going to do. I liked that because had the move had it just been. Tobias Beckett was actually the one who betrayed Han, and that was it. Uh, It wouldn't have worked as well for me, but the fact that Tobias betrayed him, and then, you know, Han played along for a minute and then actually said, Yeah, we knew this was coming. We've actually, we've actually got your number here. I like the fact that they double crossed, double cross. I loved it. I loved it. And it was, for me, it was
0: good storytelling. It was old fashioned good storytelling. Felt like an old Western, and it's just, great i was i was i was was on the edge of my seat and i thought this is so good it's so much fun the quality of the costumes the characters the acting the story i loved it
1: i I loved all of it it was it was it was fantastic the fights were great um yes the one Voss and kira fighting against each other was short but very sweet so good, and again, I wasn't expecting um, there.
0: Uh, wow, well, I wasn't expecting a lot from what happened on this planet. Oh, well, let's 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 not beat around the bush. Oh, dude, I wanted to
1: say this from like the start, but let's. I've been a good boy. I oh, know we've had Beckett's betrayed Han. Han's got back to him. Beckett's gone off. He's got the Quaxium, and he's going to go off off planet with it. Kira and Jordan Voss, a former a partnership. That's broken down. Kira's killed Voss. She said to Han, look, go and save Chewie, who's gone with Beckett. He needs you. I'm going to be right behind you. What was actually quite a tender moment and the score in that scene is superb. You know, she says, you know, I've, I've always thought about you and I'm going to be right behind you. Just go. Just yeah. go and I'll, I'll be there for you shortly. Han goes off feeling all happy and chipper. And then what happens next? I'll, I'll leave this to you. What happens next? I was not expecting this. No, no. More. Maul is back. Not Darth. Just Maul. Not Darth back. Maul. That's how you know we're Star Wars geeks. <laughs> yeah. Just if you Maul. haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, go back and watch it and find out what, why he's back. But, man. And it works so well because in the in canon, he is the head of crime syndicates. Yes. It, since he was cut in half and, and kept himself alive through the Force and his mother on Dathomir kept him alive and blah, blah, all the rest of it. He headed up he, he took over Mandalore and killed Obi Wan's you know Miss secret his... girlfriend yeah 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 <laughs> Obi Obi Wan's squeeze. Um, he's <laughs> he's been ahead of crime syndicate so it, it made perfect sense for people who know why he was saying for him to be there. But man, what, I didn't I, I didn't put two, and two together. I saw a bloke sitting there with a cape uh, a robe on, on the hologram hologram. I and had I had no clue. I know I was worried for a, a brief second that they were going to introduce. A completely new villain. And I thought, how are they going to introduce a villain ten, 10 years before A New Hope and then kill him off? But then when he started speaking, I thought, oh, I've heard that. I've recognised that voice. Yeah. And then he took his hood off, and it's Maul. And Ray Park coming back to play Maul as well.
0: Oh, so good. I, it was one of those moments I, I was sitting to my left. There were some random guys, but I picked up during the film... I could tell they were like Star Wars fans, right? So when yeah. Han got like handed to the DL44, they were like, oh, DL44, you know, stuff like that. So I knew oh, they you were, mention that. They, they were, they, I knew they were like, yeah, that was a great moment, but like, I knew they were Star Wars geeks. And literally when more came onto the screen, I <laughs> went mental. I went crazy. I had my hands like on my wife to my right and like her friend next to her was also a Star Wars geek was freaking out and stuff. There were these guys to my left, I had my hand on them. They were like going mental and thinking Did your wife know what on earth was going on? Uh yeah. Uh, She was like no not really. I mean (laughs) I think didn't he get cut in half? I think she knew I think she knew that Darth Maul was... I think Darth, she knew that Darth Maul was alive because I'd gone on about it in, in Star Wars Rebels. Um, yep. And uh, she she was just, like, laughing because the reaction was just so good. But <laughs> first and foremost, right, so this is what I was going to say earlier, and I paused and I saved it for here. Good, here we go. Good for Lucasfilm. Good for Lucasfilm for going along with the canon, with going along yes. with what is the grand story, the the big picture of the story of a galaxy far, far away. And I tell you what, we're never going to know this. I'm pretty sure we're never going to know this, but I wouldn't be surprised, right, if this was the quote-unquote creative difference that Lucasfilm and Uh, is it Phil Lords and Miller? Chris Miller, yeah. Lord and Miller. Lord and Miller had with Lucasfilm Kathleen Kennedy. Because I would imagine a lot of people would be like, why, why has this dude got to be in my film? It makes no, and it makes no sense. If I was the director, right? If I was writing the solo, would I have put Darth Maul or Maul as he is now in this film? No. I wouldn't have. You'd never think to. You'd think, how would that fit in any way, yeah. I thought there wasn't going to be any cameos. I thought if there was going to be a cameo, it'd make total sense, and it's going to be like Jabba the heart at the end. Hell no. Yeah, yeah. You don't even see Jabba at all. And this big, like you said, this big shot gangster, all, all along was Maul. Oh my gosh, you kidding me? That is storytelling from a big picture point of view,
1: you know, from... They're looking at the galaxy. It opens up a lot of stories now because he says to Kira, "Come to me on Dathomir." And if anyone's seen the Dathomir in the animated universe, it's not somewhere you want to be hanging out. No. But I want to know what happens next because she doesn't seem like the sort of person who belongs on that planet, or who they that two together. I want to see how that develops because I have a theory that. Because Maul says he's going to deal with the traitor Beckett. We know what happens. We'll get onto him in a second. And his accomplices. Now, we know from A a New Hope that Han can never meet Maul because Han doesn't believe in the Force. Right. So I think Maul is going to send Kira to do his dirty work to to punish the the accomplices, which is, of course, Han. And that's what's going to, and it's going to be that their face off is going to, what's going to pretty much turn him into this bitter, twisted, ...person that you see him in A New Hope. something's going to have something to do with her... ...and more's influence over her.
0: Okay, so... ...you reckon that will happen in a
1: new film... ...in a sequel to Solo... ...or in... I know we're going to get onto the figures in a minute... ...but if you're going to ask me that question today... ...I say absolutely no chance... ...in the terms of, an, of, a, of a sequel. Not right. because I don't want it to... ...but I think... <sighs> I don't think they'll do a sequel... And I don't think it they needs to be. It. I think things I think it needs to be in a sequel because I know they're kind of hoping that people who are going to go out and buy the books or, how, or however they're going to uh, finish this storyline, but to set something up as big as that and the chance to bring more back, I'm not sure, however, they can capture that kind of. Potential sort of heartbreak and drama and tension in the book, and I love what they do with the canon novels. I I eat them all up. But for for a moment this big, the one that potentially turns Han from this sort of happy go lucky, I've got a good feeling about this into how we finally meet him. I think Alden Ehrenreich has the chops to do it justice on screen, but whether or not we'll get to that, I'd not, I we'll get onto that shortly. But after all, we see Han shoot first. He takes out Becky. Oh, so good. Beckett's going to kill him because that was his, you know, that was going to be his, his lesson was you've got to shoot first kid. But Han, he's not going to let Beckett get away with it.
0: Yeah. He
1: shoots him and then quite, quite poignantly, he throws his gun down and sort of cradles Beckett as he's dying. It's to show that he is, he is the good guy. But uh, I'm also glad that they didn't say anything about shooting first. They just let the action happen.
0: Yeah so good I loved that and again it was a moment where I freaked out I mean I think I was still freaking out about Darth Maul at this time or Maul yes. at this
1: time but it was great and I loved it it we was brutal that. as well the fact that he just shot him in because we all know that in the original version of A New Hope Han just you know he just blasts Greedo gets up and flips the coin like an absolute cold-blooded cool cat but in this film they really do show him as that kind of the first steps of this cold-blooded assassin because he doesn't even, he doesn't even barely give Becker a chance to breathe. He's just, he shoots him directly in the heart. You know, just no, no, no messing. No. It even surprises Chewbacca, just how quickly, just ruthlessly, just, just cuts him off mid-sentence. Bang. Kind of like Indiana Jones did in um, oh. whichever film it was. Raiders. That's it. With, with the when the guy's sword just, guy and stuff. So good. And he just gets his gun out and shoots him. It's, so that was kind of a parallel to that. But So yeah, he shot first. He Love he, that. And then he notices that the yacht, Dryden Voss's yacht, which is now owned by Kira, that's on that's leaving the planet and that's on its way to Dathomir. But Han's thinking she's coming back for him, and he's having to watch the ship sail off now. Yeah, I mean, i I loved all I loved all of that scene, and I don't have any
0: qualms of any of it. I thought it was yep. fantastic, and obviously. Um, again, it, uh, from the trailers, the trailers misled us a little bit. We think that Han is gonna win the Falcon earlier on in the film. And I certainly thought he was gonna be, uh, win the I Falcon thought, yeah. uh, earlier on in the film. And, um, yeah, we get to see how Han giving Lando another go at his game, uh, Sabak. Um, and another tiny thing is I love the pronunciation humor in this. It's so yes. good. Like, Han Han, Han Han, Sabak, Sabak, you know, oh, so good, <laughs> yeah. so good. Little and the jokes. Um, it, 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 that, oh, the, the film. The winning the Falcon. I mean, we know he's going to win the Falcon. It was no surprise. I was just thinking how they're going to tie this up, and they tied it up beautifully with a lovely little bow. There's Falcon. There's the Falcon. They have the Falcon, Han and Chewy in the cockpit. Where they're going next? They're going on their next adventure. You know, it was
1: great. And And we know where they're going next. And they're going to Tatooine because that's what he says. There we go. Yeah, they're off. They're off to. It's going to meet Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, they're probably going to go. Oh,
0: you know, it's so nice. It's so good. I, I think it's fair to say that Blylo
1: loves this film.
0: I loved it. And I need to go see it again. I need to go catch the star. But for the pretty much the whole weekend, I was saying to my wife and all my friends, I was like, I cannot believe how good this film was. I cannot yeah. stress enough how, like – how worried I was going in and how blown away I was coming out as in, in terms of coming out the cinema and feeling amazing. This is like up there with the force awakens
1: for me. I love it. That's amazing. Well, in terms of, in terms of the world, this film made $85 million worldwide in the United States, which is, Almost half of Rogue One. Yes, it, not it, good. It, it made no money. Apparently, right. it's two hundred sixty-eight million worldwide, and it, at this rate, it will be the biggest disappointment of all the Star Wars films, which beggars belief because this is the kind of film that Star Wars fans have been wanting. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a big shame, Matt. And I think a lot of that.
0: We okay let's let's address this now because the sad thing is, I think it has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with e- even even the production problems that this film had. You know that I would never have guessed would have had because I think it was a seamless film. I could not tell you which was or even guess which bits were directed by uh, Lord and Miller and, and Ron Howard. Either way, this was a stunning production. The reason this film has flopped, I think, it's a few reasons. Right. Number one, and, and this can't be ignored. A lot of people, although you and I, uh, think differently about this, Matt, you know, because we, we are, I'd like to think, you know, this is maybe a little bit of a stub at the other camp, but we're reasonable. Um, and we're Star Wars fans, uh, but, but the last Jedi, I do feel left a lot of people not happy with Star Wars or where Star Wars was going. Um, yes. And, you know, to ignore that would be silly because we are now seeing in the figures for it. Yeah, the figures don't lie. No, the figures don't lie. And I think a lot of people were not happy with The Last Jedi and, and said, I'm not watching another solo film. I'm not watching another Star Wars fan, uh, film again. Um, however, I do not think, and you cannot tell me that was the, the biggest reason why people didn't see this film the biggest reason why people didn't see this film is avengers infinity war that's my that's why because that's a very good point and deadpool 2 came out Dead- the week before as well and deadpool 2 came out the week before but there are a lot of films at the moment that have been coming out on and that working class families cannot afford it you know the cinema is yeah. expensive why I, I i'd love to go to the cinema more I and mean, it's just me and my wife you know we rent a place you know we haven't got tons of financial commitments but ex- it's still 20, 25 quid a go it's expensive you know and people can't afford that and avengers came out first it's what like the fourth as of this recording i think it's the fourth biggest film of all time you know might it's made two billion dollars now Right, so it's part of the two billion club. Yeah, it's um, only one of four films, you know, the, the, which I think is stupid because Disney owns Marvel and uh, Lucasfilm. Whoever, whoever's decision that was 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 a moron. Um, I also feel like <laughs> the marketing to this film was very poor, very poor, very well. minute, at all. and. Again, can we blame that totally on the marketing department marketing department? No, because the film is being released six or
1: five months after The Last Jedi. People are still talking about the last film. What? Yeah, so, people... And now they're having to try and fit in this mar- I think the marketing when it came out was good, but it came out what five weeks before the film was yeah. released or something like that? Six yeah. weeks and spot got, and people are already sceptical enough as it was. Yes and there, there wasn't
0: enough time there's too much of a competitive market there is the backlash of fandom and casual fans alike of the last jedi even if i believe that's a minority so let's let's say it's 30% right that's still 30% of a lot of people yep. that saw the last jedi Okay,
1: yeah, well, and they are the loud minor, minority, though.
0: Yes, I, I completely agree. I, you know, we spoke about that in our last podcast. I think a lot of um, what people are saying about the last Jedi and Lucasfilm is completely not warranted. But, yeah. but this, I do hope, and, and as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I do hope Lucasfilm learned from this because it's yeah. a silly mistake to put this film out at this time. It was a very silly mistake.
1: Yeah, we've got 18 months before episode 9 now, so I think that's going to help. But I do just want to quickly throw in, in light of all the the toxicity in the fandom, if you are somebody who bullies, harasses, um, you know, racist comments towards actors who are doing a job, just stop it. Get a life. Stop being an idiot. Separate art from the people. It's disgusting. It's appalling because...
0: it's a sad thing about our generation because back back in 77 when uh a new hope or just star wars came out you know there wasn't the internet there wasn't our culture of entitlement everyone thinks you know they can direct a film everyone thinks they can write a story and tell a story and you know there's there's this culture that you know oh i think this so it's fact right i have i commented recently on a star wars uh, video i think it was a star wars explained video shout star Wars explained great youtuber good man Uh, yep good man and and i said something about i went i love solo like i thought it was one of the most fun i've ever had at cinema something like that yada 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 and a dude commented and said uh no solo sucked or something like that something really stupid and i replied back to him and i went Oh, sorry. I forgot some randomer on the internet can just change my mind without any, <laughs> without any reasoning, you know. And it's like one of the most liked comments on that video now. Um, because it's, it's Oof. silly. It's silly because Solo was a great film and it's a shame that all of this politics and that's what it is and bad timing, um, has come out of this. But I, I feel like, and I think maybe we need to t- save this. For another time, because like for another podcast, because yeah. solo, I think will lead into a lot of other projects, a lot of other projects, and I'll save my thoughts for that because there's some juicy stuff that can come out of that uh, for a different podcast. But it, it's a big shame, big shame that the, the this film has been tarnished by a lot of politics and a lot of people's opinions.
1: Absolutely, I I, I fully agree with that, and and bad times. I mean, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with not liking the film. I've said that on many of my shows and on the Star Wars shows you've done. If you don't like the film, that's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. I didn't like the show of Water that came out recently, but if you did, it won Best Picture, so what do I know? But that's great. But there's a way of doing it, a way of saying it. Yes. Um, and as Luke pointed out, to, to to have your opinion mocked is bad and... I mean, Kelly Marie Chan. She's dumped her Instagram because she was being racially abused just because she was of Asian descent and in a film. And it just makes it just makes me just feel a bit sick, to be honest. Yes, because it's, it's such good. a brilliant community. We've both been to celebration. We know how, how good the community is. But yep. then you see this other side. But I mean, I could go on for that all night, and I'm not going to because I want to. But Matt,
0: yeah, I mean, forget them, forget them. We loved it. Yeah. We're having a good time. What?
1: There, you know, there's never been a better time to be a Star Wars fan. Exactly. So I'm going to put you on the spot now. In the last show we did, we gave our rankings for all nine films. Where does Solo fit now? I know you want to see it again, but as of now, where would you, where would you put it? Okay. So top
0: are my original still Empire, Jedi, or Return of the Jedi. Second, I have The Force Awakens. After that is A New Hope. And I think. You're going to say it? I think. I think it's either
1: the same as A New Hope or slightly above it. That's incredible, and I mean that in a good way.
0: Yeah, I know. Maybe that's just because it's right now, you know, in, with time, things change, right? But, Matt, I cannot, like, explain to you how much I like this film and how surprised I was. And I can't fault it. Apart from, like, a little bit of L3, I cannot, I cannot fault this film. I love it.
1: Yeah, there's there's a few bits here and there, but overall I came out of the film beaming because I wanted a fun adventure heist movie and I got a fun adventurous heist movie. I mean, I've got Rogue One as joint top with Empire, so in terms of when films come out, if a film's a good film, it's a good film. Where would I put Solo? I would have Rogue One and Empire at the top. Blimey. The Force Awakens The New Hope. Wow. Maybe Revenge of the Sith and Solo joint. And then from oh. then on, but below that, but so I'd have it in my top six, something sort of joint so, fifth. Yeah. It's yeah. still top tier. Again, I've seen it twice now. I've like, So I've, so I've seen it the first time and I've absorbed it and I've gone back to see it with fresh eyes and I enjoyed it even more. But once you're, once you're not sitting there anticipating and expecting, you can just watch it and enjoy it. It becomes even more fun. So I'm going to put it, I, it is, it's scraped into the top tier. Wow, where Lucasfilm go next? We, that's like you say. That is a just that is another podcast discussion. And on that note, that is that for this debut episode of Star Wars Sessions. Like I said, this is going to be a monthly show. We're going to talk Star Wars. We're going to talk what's what's happening in the month. Yeah. We're going to have a specific topic each month, but I'm also going to have a few other things for you as well. But on that note, so thank you so much for for your usual excellent, fun, and passionate uh, input, Mister Mister Blilo show. Ren it's a pleasure and may the force be with you and to you when I've had people asking when can they hear from Blilo again uh, and and I, I have had those messages so they will be pleased but I look forward to doing this with you as the months go by but until then, where can the world find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh,
0: my Instagram name is LeafItOutLuke out Luke with full stops or periods in between those words. Leaf out Luke. Uh, I'm a keen photographer. So stop by and uh, let me know what you think of my photos
1: or uh, slide into my DMs and we'll talk some Star Wars. You go do it guys, check out the superb work Luke puts out the finest photographer out there and on this side of Corellia as well they are fantastic photographs and there's been more and more today which are just wonderfully, breathtakingly they're they're, they're a story in a static image so go check them out but thank you all for listening, you can catch this episode you're listening to now on our our website whatiowatchtonight.co.uk subscribe on iTunes, we're on Podknife, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify very very slowly going on YouTube and I say very slowly loosely at a snail's pace but we are eventually getting out of there so like I say we'll be back we'll be back uh, and I can't wait for it so if you like what you hear share the episode tell the world if you don't don't tell anyone and of course don't forget to le- tell your grandmothers about this show but until next time may the force be with you you better buckle up baby because see ya